Hello, story lovers. This is Anne Starnes Kingsbury. Welcome to Flash Performances. Flash fiction is a form of storytelling that strives for the art of concision. It's usually under 1,000 words and leaves a flavor in your afterthoughts. Please relax and enjoy. Thanksgiving by Anne Starnes Kingsbury. It was her turn to open the bakery at 184 Ninth Avenue. Billy's Bakery, named for her husband, located in Chelsea, did brisk business, especially during Thanksgiving and Christmas. But the alarm never went off. Sue checked her cell and saw that the time was 10 a.m. Bill had let her sleep in. As the text she found stated, she stretched in the luxury of the moment, then dressed in her sprinkles clothes, white jeans and a pullover that had tiny multicolored sequins sewn densely over the shoulders and here and there after that. As the wife and business partner of a baker, she liked to dress in the spirit of the enterprise. At Billy's, Daniel slung his guitar case over his shoulder and ordered a small coffee. The aromas mingling in the air acted as endorphins to anyone who breathed. Daniel inhaled deeply. It's almost as good as eating cake. He thought. Sue handed him a small pale green bag. A dollar twenty-five, she said. She saw his quizzical expression as he lifted the lopsided weight of the bag. I saw you staring at the cupcakes in the window. I knew you wanted one. Daniel blushed through his thanks. Once fortified with the reality of cake, he headed for the subway. He chose a spot near a central pillar, set up his camp stool, and opened his guitar case on the floor. He began his program with classical guitar. Natalia by Lauro attracted a couple who tossed a few dollars into his case. After several classical pieces, Daniel began to play instrumentals in the style of Kenny Rankin, among his favorites for 12-string guitar. He became aware of soft humming near his left shoulder. He turned to see a young woman with a soft smile. Try this. Daniel began to play Fly Me to the Moon with a key adjustment for a female singer. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words, darling, kiss me. His music lover's smooth, lilting voice echoed in the subway chamber with a light jazz style perfect for the piece. 
Others waiting for trains quieted as they approached to listen. As the song ended, someone called, Sing it again! When the uptown train drowned them out, she blew him a kiss and rushed for the door. Daniel watched her go with regret. Kara, breathless from the pleasure of the impromptu concert, swung herself into a seat as the train swayed speeding into space. She caught the 1023 for home to Rosalind at Penn Station. The seat across from her, near the doors of the train, was occupied by a student of high school age who seemed very disconcerted by a sheaf of papers he was worrying in his hands. Kara bent down to retrieve his pen. Writing a paper? Yeah, an opinion piece about depression. I go to Shamanad Mineola. He explained, as if that informed the sympathizer of the far-reaching scope of his assignment. An opinion about depression. Hmm, murmured Kara. So, do you have an opinion on depression? Henry grinned in response to her playful, facetious tone. I do. It's bad. But for this assignment, I have to come up with another view on what causes it. He gestured with the sheaf of papers. I downloaded internet stuff, but none of it's anything new. He sighed. Just so happens, I've made a study of this subject myself, said Kara, thinking about her journey through therapy, medication, and subsequent immersion in a psychology master's program. I've read many versions of what causes depression. My current favorite is the belief that depression is the result of too much realism. The glint in Henry's eyes told her she had captured his interest. When a person tunes in to too much reality, with no room for refreshing, soul-lightening illusion, he sees the ultimate conclusion that life leads to death. Being too realistic is essentially depressing. Reality has to be balanced out with fantasy, playfulness, and dreams. Henry blinked a few times and said, Wow, I've never heard that before. I get it. You take problems too seriously and get depressed. And stay depressed if you don't know that that's what you're doing, said Kara. Knowledge is power. They talked until her stop. Kara exited the train to Henry's repeated thanks. At Chaminade, Henry made a stop at his locker. He noticed that Shun Chung was holding a tissue to his eyes two lockers down. He didn't ordinarily extend himself when he saw conflict, but this time, he jumped in. Hey! Shun looked up and Henry saw teardrops splatter haphazardly on his books. Yeah, hey. He said. You need help with something? Asked Henry hesitantly. No, my cat died. I know it's stupid, but... Dragon was my favorite cat. I bawled when he croaked. You kidding? Shun laughed softly as he stuffed the tissue in his blazer pocket. It happened this morning. He was old. I should have expected it. Still not going to keep you from taking it hard, said Henry. A good cat is a good cat. Shun nodded and looked directly at Henry with a small smile. He felt that he could face AP physics with purposeful concentration after Henry's friendly concern. In class, Dr. Lockwood glanced at the clock on the wall behind the rows of desks. This was his least favorite class. A group of nerdy, brainy know-it-alls who constantly tried to vie for his downfall, finding fault with his presentation. If they knew so much more than they thought he did, why come to class at all? He gazed at the arrogant young men sitting expectantly before him. 
Blood sport, he thought. Anyone catch last night's Big Bang? He asked, hopefully. A muffled groan filled the room. The Big Bang theory is the prevailing cosmological model for the universe. As we've seen, it's also the popular way to view the lives of science nerds. Today's topic is the universe. There's no comparison. A student stated dryly from the front of the room, Dr. Lockwood knew that his stress headache would start within minutes. Much to Dr. Lockwood's surprise, Shun quickly came to his defense. Sure, there's lots of writing for media that doesn't presume to use accurate science when they try and support findings. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a prime example. But Big Bang Theory has physicist David Salzberg painstakingly checking all the math. Be real. Dr. Lockwood took a cleansing breath in response to the surprise show of support from one of his most oppositional students. He enjoyed the intellectual crossfire during the next 39 minutes as he never had before. Rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. He intoned as they filed out of the room. The humid air, which enveloped him in a chlorine fog, instantly caused Dr. Lockwood to sweat. He blew his whistle as a group of teens ran to the edge of the Olympic-sized pool. Slow it down, he called to them. He forced himself to stop thinking that he would rather be at home with Mrs. Lockwood sipping the celebratory double mojito typical of a Friday evening. It was his turn, after all, to chaperone co-ed night poolside for the school. He was dismayed to see that several of the visiting girls had breached the swimsuit protocol and worn two-piece suits. No roughhousing, he yelled as two burly teens wrestled to throw each other in the pool to the delight of the girls. As he approached, he noticed one co-ed at the periphery of the group. She wore a baggy chaminade sweatshirt over the navy racing suit preferred by the school. He had seen her on the sidelines before, obviously too self-conscious to break silence. He knew that many of the local families urged their daughters to attend chaminade events to make contact with other local families' sons. To some quiet girls, this was torture. Emily? He called. She reluctantly met him behind the group. I need some help. Would you take the whistle and start the relays while I make a call for the dean? He did not offer more explanation and merely handed her the lavalier. He stepped back and pretended to talk into his cell. Emily stepped forward and to the surprise of everyone, took charge of the scene. Relay start now. Take positions. On my mark, the swimmers dove into the pool. Dr. Lockwood stood on the sidelines and observed her command. The pride he felt for her hurt his chest. Emily got into the car beside her mother. Have any fun? She was asked. The trepidation in her mother's words was not lost on her. You know, I was thinking. The idea you had for my sweet 16 sounds good. A lot of my friends can't ride horses anyway. So going out west to that ranch isn't a good idea. You were right. Emily's mother's eyes widened in surprise. She was glad her daughter couldn't see. So... So call that place and have them make the wildest cupcakes for the party under the whale at the Museum of Natural History. Think I can get that green mermaid gown we saw at Saks? An hour later, 
Pam Misback placed a call. Hi, I'd like to place an order for the 15th. Bill of Billy's Bakery wrote a $1,500 order for a dessert spread for the deep blue sea. That night he danced with his wife Sue to Bobby Darren's Beyond the Sea before a late night dinner and tiramisu. Many thanks to Nick Kingsbury and his dad, Scott Kingsbury, for acting talents. Thank you for listening.